What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, Bradley Sow, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. He's coming up shortly, as is Ben Mintz, a good buddy. Now with Barstool, you're going to feel the energy, feel the positivity that's headed to New York to support Ole Miss. He's a great dude. I'm excited for him, and you're going to love him. He's coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line. But before we get to any of it, let me tell you briefly about my bookie. Between the NFL, college football, and the Major League Baseball playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports teams and events, you can turn your game day into payday with MyBookie. If you're the type of person who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use my promo code. TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC to claim a deposit match, dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest, it's Ben Mintz. He's my buddy. He's soon going to be representing Ole Miss for Barstool Sports. And when he comes on the Modern Women phone line, you're going to be baptized into the energy and overwhelming positivity that is Ben Mintz. Great dude. I'm happy for him. He's coming up in just a little bit. It's Auburn week. Ole Miss and Auburn take the field on Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Ole Miss trying to bounce back from an absolutely ugly loss against Arkansas. What's up, Brad? How you doing, man? What's up, man? Just, listen, 
I am over the Arkansas game. I have whole, whole new energy. I'm ready to go. Auburn week. Let's let's go. Let's have a bounce back. Make the case for Ole Miss beating Auburn this weekend. Um, well, I, I, I think anytime you're hitting the mouth the way the way Ole Miss was this past week, um, I, I think that bods well with the energy. I, I think that there's going to be a whole new focus going out there. And I think if there was ever a week where 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 a team would be focused and very hungry, I think it's this week. Just just come from the sheer embarrassment from last week. So um, I, I, I like I'll be interested to see our energy early on. I think we're going to come out on fire and. Um, those 11 o'clock SEC games always are crazy. Lane Kiffin said this week that COVID cases have um, continued to be a problem for Ole Miss. I know for a fact that a lot of that was showmanship as he prepared for Auburn, giving away just enough to make Auburn potentially prepare for something else. A few players have moved to defense, but the idea that Ole Miss has gotten this huge spike in cases, I think Lane Kiffin, no, I don't think. I know Lane Kiffin is overplaying that a little bit, which goes back to something you and I have talked about before. He's the ultimate showman, and if he can find a way to get an advantage on Auburn or make them think about something else, then he will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that for sure. I, I mean, that's 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 the name of Kiffin's game. He's going to, he's gonna, you know, he's going to oversell some stuff, undersell some stuff. Um, I like it. He's just going to mess with the minds of Auburn if he can. And look, there may be some guys moving to defense that – we're playing offense when you look up and go, oh, hey, it's Jalen Cunningham. Or, hey, it's that guy or that guy. Mark Britt might actually play this weekend. I think we've been teasing Mark Britt for long enough now to where, hey, let's see what the kids got. We finally got to see John Haynes on the field. That was nice. And John Haynes made plays. I wonder if John Haynes is going to start. I wonder what the film study was like. I couldn't be on the calls this week with Lane Kiffin. I had some baseball and some basketball stuff to do, some personal stuff I'm dealing with with my dad. And so I didn't get to be on those calls. I wanted to ask about John Haynes. When they cut all the film and they saw him making plays, what did that show you? Same thing with Ryder Anderson playing defensive end. If this weekend Ryder Anderson is back at defensive tackle, I might pull my hair out because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. And you showed Saturday that defense made progress. I would just roll out what worked on Saturday against Arkansas defensively. They did enough to win the game. It was all about the offense just sucking it up. Yeah, I um, for sure, man. I mean, the, the- Whatever they did last week, I hope they took it this week and um, are going to build on it going into this game. Because, I mean, it, last week was so much improved. Um, I thought they made some stops. He had some turnovers. And you're right, John Haynes, he looked good to us. I mean, I don't know what the scheme of the defense is and what his actual job is. That's for the coaches to decide. But um, to us fans watching the game, I mean, he he made some plays. So, um, yeah, whoever was out there this past week, I hope they um, they build on that and, and they, they keep it going for it. Ryder Anderson, for sure, he needs to be outside. Him and Sam Williams need to be outside. That's that gives us the best chance. Um, the, the kid had his had his best game of the year um, with a ton of tackles, and, and that, that, that's that's where he needs to be. Has anything impressed you about Auburn thus far? No, I mean uh, Auburn's going to be uh, Auburn's going to be as follows. They're going to have a ton of good talent. They're going to look. They're always look good. Um, you know, they're going to have speed, they're going to have everything, but nothing about Auburn says, Hey, um, they can't be beat. Uh, I think this game is, um, you know, it's going to be evenly matched game. And the question is going to be if, if Auburn comes out and runs the same defense that Arkansas ran, do we have answers for it? And if we have answers for it early, I think they, you know, they back off of, you know, Auburn's, I mean, um, Arkansas's game plan, say, um, so to speak. So that's what I want to see. I want to see us show up. And if, um, you know, the, there are similar looks last week, us have answers for it. And 
you know, I, I don't I don't think there's any reason to think that Ole Miss cannot win this game. Who would you bank on bouncing back first? Bo Nix or Matt Crow? The pair combined for 10 turnovers. Their team's lost as road favorites. Matt Crow had six interceptions. If you had to bet on one bouncing back this week and leading their team to victory, I think I know where you're going. Who would you pick? I'm going Matt Crow, man. I mean, the kid has a lot of fire. Um, he, has, he hasn't done anything to show me that he, he doesn't. He isn't competitive or, or he doesn't have the ability to bounce back. So um, I think he knows he knows what he did the first three weeks and he knows what the height was on him. And then he knows the kind of egg he laid. I think he is going to be so hungry to get back out there and, and do what, what he knows he's capable of. And that is, um, you know, balling out like he did the first three games. So, um, if that kid doesn't show up and play well, I'll be shocked. I really will. And, and, the, the, and if he doesn't, it, it will really show me that, that he's, he shook a little bit. So, um, I, I can see, I can see Corral really showing up and doing well. The guy to watch for Ole Miss in this game is Elijah Moore, which you might say, oh, obviously. He's Ole Miss's leading receiver. 42 catches, 575 yards, four games. The reason why in this game in particular Elijah is so important, top receiving options against Auburn have done this. Kentucky, Josh Ali, nine catches, 98 yards. Georgia, Kyrus Jackson, nine catches, 147 yards. Arkansas, Davion Warren, five catches, 95 yards. South Carolina, Shai Smith, Eight catches, 76 yards. Every number one option for these teams, these receiving options, have gone off against Auburn. So I think an obvious thing we can all take going into this game is that Elijah Moore is going to be fed the ball early and often. And hopefully, Matt Carroll, if he's covered up in the middle, won't force things and cause more turnovers. Because that's the one thing you can't do this week. You can beat Auburn. And Ole Miss might have discovered some things defensively. If you don't turn the ball over like you did in the first three games, you protect the ball, your defense did what it did against Arkansas against Auburn, you're going to win because I think Ole Miss is a better football team than Auburn. This is a game in any other year if Ole Miss wasn't coming off the three-year run of misery that it was coming off of. You would pick Ole Miss and feel secure about it because this Auburn team isn't very good and Ole Miss, I believe, has more talent offensively, not defensively, but offensively, that it should be able to put up its point total, name its point total, and beat them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I think that um, I, I feel solid about this game. As far as Elijah Moore and what they've done versus other teams' number ones, I think Moore's going to get his stuff, get his regardless. Um, what, what I'm really looking forward to is I want to see Kenny Yaboa bounce back this week. I want to see him uh, get more involved and keep the pace that he was on. I found it kind of odd that he didn't didn't really get many balls last week. So I'd like to see more, and I'd like to see Yaboa bounce back this week too. But, yeah, I think you're right, man. I mean, what happened with Corral, it, it doesn't change the overall feel of, of what I feel because I've seen what they can be when, they're, when they are performing. So it would take a couple more games of them playing terrible on offense for me to be, to be concerned. So, yeah, I think Ole Miss – yeah, for sure. I can see them coming out there and um, you know giving it to Auburn. I, I, I will not be shocked if we come out there and destroy them. I really wouldn't, and also wouldn't be shocked if we had a, a, a um, you know a letdown again. But yeah, I, I don't really know what to expect at this point. Here's why I'm so bullish about Ryder Anderson staying at defensive end. Bo Nix is absolutely terrible under pressure. The problem is Ole Miss is second to last in the SEC in sacks per game. Only Vanderbilt with their, what, 30 players, they can barely field a team right now because of COVID. We need Vandy to get healthy because we 
we need to play them next week. I, I, I look, I look forward <laughs> to, to get. They, they better not, they better not cancel that game. We need that game. We're trying to get to get to five to six some kind of way, and that one's very crucial <laughs> to get there. But against Arkansas, with Ryder Anderson playing his natural position, Sam Williams and Ryder, it was like a competition to get to the quarterback. Both of them were generating pretty regular pressure, and if you can do that to Bo Nix, he's terrible, terrible under pressure. So I know that Ole Miss doesn't have the quarterbacks to necessarily win 50-50 balls against Auburn, and Auburn's got good wide receivers. But at the end of the day, if Ole Miss can get pressure on Bo Nix and not be an absolute disaster in run defense, and Ole Miss is giving up 6.2 yards per carry. That's 75th out of 77 teams that have played so far this season. It's bad, but they looked better against Arkansas. They at least made Arkansas work for it. It wasn't just these big bust plays. They made Arkansas work to get down the field. That's all you can ask of this defense. And the key to Auburn's offense is being able to run the ball successfully. So the entire formula is particularly simple. Get Elijah Moore the ball, preferably when he's open, Matt, and not over the middle of the field where he's double covered. As a run defense, make them work and get some pressure on Bo Nix. Because if you get some pressure on Bo Nix, you can do like you did against Arkansas when you force some turnovers. You can do that. That'll be available to you. And your offense, ideally, last Saturday will have been an outlier. That's the worst they'll have been all year. That's what you hope, at least, going into this game. Because, again, I think these teams are about the same. I really do. Which is more of an indictment on Gus Malzahn and that staff. They should be ahead of Ole Miss. And the fact that we're talking about these two teams on even footing, that's an indictment on that staff. It feels like Gus Malzahn, Auburn wishes it could fire him, but it can't because it would owe him like $10 million immediately or something. Something crazy. And in this environment, with no fans in the stands, or very few, 25% capacity, I think, for everybody, yeah, you're kind of stuck with him. If you're going to fire him, you should have fired him a couple of years ago because now you look at Ole Miss in its first year under Lane Kiffin in Auburn, and it's however many years under Gus Malzahn, and they look about the same. Yeah, I think Auburn should certainly be ahead, and I'm really not ready to see a Hugh Freeze to Auburn um, momentum get started either. I'm sure that's that's what's that's what they're going to be headed for if they were to get rid of rid of Gus. But um, yeah, they um, yeah they certainly should be much more ahead of us. And then as far as the um, yeah, I mean we got we got to pressure we got to pressure this quarterback this week, man. I mean we did a really good job last week. Of, of mugging backers and, and running different looks. And man, we, we pressure them well last week and it, it wasn't always a D line and it was, you know, blitzing backers, you know, blitzing the corner. So we, I, I say we, yeah, I'm with you on that. Let's pressure the hell out of this kid this week and let's, let's make him make throws. And if he makes throws, just tackle the catch. That's all you can ask for. And no matter what they get, if you, if you keep the pressure on him, I promise you he'll, he'll give you a few. You hear it all the time that 11 AM kickoffs favor the visiting team. Is that true? No, I, 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 11 a.m. kickoffs favor the home team, in in my opinion, um, just because, I mean, it was always tough. I used to hate whenever you traveled and, you know, for whatever reason, college coaches, I don't know if it was just us, but they always make the players get up way too early. And I know it sounds like petty, but man, when your coach is getting you up at 6 a.m. and you come into this this big old stadium and you're kind of like, you know, a little bit, you're not used to getting up at 6 a.m., you know, ready to go for a game. So um, it was always, always took you a minute to get, to get woken up. And, um, you know, nine times out of 10, I feel like that's, we used to always lose the bandy. I feel like at, at 11 in the morning up there, but, um, yeah, I, I'm certainly not a fan of those games. And def- I think it helps the home team. The worst 11 AM game you can remember was what? 
worst 11 a.m. game was I, I may have been one of the Vandy games up there in up at Vandy. I think they got after us one year. Um, this may have been uh, 2000. I don't know. One of the bad years, the last two years. I think it was. I think it was at Vandy. I just remember they they didn't their D line wasn't even that good. Like they just played really hard and they they just beat us and we had way more talent than them. I will never understand why Vanderbilt always plays Ole Miss tough, regardless of how bad Vanderbilt is. You could never count Vanderbilt as a guaranteed win for Ole Miss. Usually not. It changed under Hugh Freeze the last couple of years and almost beat the crap out of Vanderbilt. But in most years, it reminds me of those Jefferson Pilot days. Les Binkley or whoever, Jonathan Nichols would have to kick a 54-yard field goal just to beat Vanderbilt. Correct. Correct. I mean, it's the same, same way we are with LSU. Like, they beat us bad sometimes, but for the most part, no matter how good they are, we give them a tough time. And we're, we're their Vandy. Speaking of LSU... News came down on Wednesday that LSU is self-imposing penalties and has banned Odell Beckham Jr. from facilities for two years. They're self-imposing these penalties for rules violations in football and hoping the NCAA doesn't levy more. That means the NCAA continues to investigate. What does that sound like to you? Yeah, that that sounds kind of like what Ole Miss was trying to do when they were getting in trouble. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's, I mean, listen, man, I, I don't even, I mean, every program has, has some issues. They have to figure out how to, how to just allow some things and not allow others. So, I mean, it's, if you dug deep into every program, there would be issues. That's, I mean, that's just, just there's no doubt about it. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet in this edition of talk of champions. After I tell you briefly about Cheney's pharmacy, a proud sponsor of talk of champions. Believe it, the return of Ole Miss football has arrived. The Rebels are playing. Really, it's happening. But as exciting a time as it is, make sure you're staying safe. And that includes trusting that your pharmacy has you taken care of. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years. As red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Stay safe. Enjoy some football. And make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It was kind of nice to be on this side of it because there were some LSU people who had some fun at Ole Miss's expense. Six, seven-year colonoscopy of the NCAA of Ole Miss. And all throughout Baton Rouge, Louisiana radio, hammering Ole Miss. And the narrative was almost was the big, bad, cheating rebels. The father of former LSU offensive lineman Vidal Alexander received $180,000 in stolen money from LSU booster John Paul Funes, who admitted in 2019 that he embezzled more than half a million dollars from Our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge. The money was payment from 2012 to 2017 for what the NCAA characterized as a no-show job. Also, Odell Beckham Jr., 
distributed $2,000 worth of $100 bills during a wild scene that unfolded on the field following LSU's win over Clemson in the national championship game in the New Orleans Superdome. First of all, the fact that it even matters that those kids were given $100 bills is absurd. It's a violation. Let's compare what you just heard to what Ole Miss was punished for. It's level one sanctions. Laramie Tunsil sleeping on the couch of Chris Kiffin or Laramie Tunsil keeping out a loaner car too long. These were the big violations. And then you'll have Mississippi State fans and LSU fans go, oh, academic fraud. Academic fraud under Houston Nutt years ago. And the kids in the program now were punished for it. So now the question becomes, Brett, will the NCAA punish LSU accordingly? Will they treat LSU with the same type of indignation? And I'm talking about national media too. I want to hear all of y'all. Dan Wolken, Pat Forty. Hey, Steve Robertson, get off your ass in Starkville and write a book. A lot of kids that are at LSU, they're from Mississippi. And he said that Steve, he was only involved in Ole Miss's case because it had to do with Mississippi recruiting. Well, LSU's got Miles Brennan. A lot of kids from this state. Go after it. I love that the shoe is on the other foot. It's a little fun. But now I want to see the same reaction from Dan Walken, from Pat Forty, from everybody in national media, if Ole Miss was the big, bad, cheating rebels, what does that make LSU? Yeah, you know how this is going to go. Um, I mean, that, that, it, this goes without saying that um, I, I would argue that's probably going to be nowhere near what Ole Miss was punished. And, and I mean, I can almost, I'm willing to bet you that right now. So, um, it, yeah, I, it, it's going to be, it's going to be just the same as if Alabama were to get called or Georgia or anybody else. They'll find a way to sweep it. And, um, you know, uh, opposed to Ole Miss getting the absolute hammer laid on them so bad that we're still struggling with, um, you know, with recruiting and stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, just just from the past, no, no way they get what Ole Miss got. And everybody's going to say, what about Leo Lewis? Leo got paid from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and LSU. Y'all can keep claiming that he didn't, but the tape is the tape. The words are the words. The kids admitted it to the NCAA investigative staff. And if you look at LSU sanctions, it's like four or five Leo Lewis's. And Ole Miss got an additional bowl ban after self-imposing a bowl ban. All LSU has done is taken eight scholarships away. Odell Beckham, he can't come to the facility. Oh, no, 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 no. They got to get a bowl ban. A two-year bowl ban. And the violations in Ole Miss's two NOAs don't come close to this. And guess what? They haven't even announced anything in basketball for LSU. And that is going to be way worse than football. So if we're talking about lack of institutional control, basketball, football, your two big money earners, that sounds like you kind of lost control of the institution. Ole Miss, yeah, they're one and three. They laid an absolute egg at Arkansas. Matt Corral threw six interceptions. The Auburn game, it's a toss-up. But they're fun, and they're not having to think about this stuff for six years. For six years, no matter what Ole Miss did, going to the Sugar Bowl and winning, it all was on the backdrop of this stuff. So, it's nice. It's nice to be on the other side. Yeah, hopefully hopefully all that's in the past for Ole Miss. Um, but you know how it is. I mean, being an Ole Miss fan, we, I don't care what anyone says, Ole Miss gets treated a little bit different. They always have. So, um, let's, let's just hope the NCAA is fair and gives out, um, you know, the, the correct punishment and um, – you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The time will tell. Yeah, we'll but see. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Where are you, Mike Sheridan? Where you at? 
Hey, national media, where's the scrutiny? Where's the outcry? Hey, Ian Rappaport, you're on leave right now with NFL Network because you did a no-no. But your maroon was showing, you Mississippi State stooge. Now where are you? When you come back, you had no business wading into this. Now that you come back, you going to say something about LSU? I am ready to call out the hypocritical nature of the national media. Dan Walken, you coward. Because you know they're not going to do it. And we can crow all we want, Brad. It's not going to change anything. And we're not going to change whether or not Ole Miss goes into the weekend and beats Auburn. But I do think this is one of their very best chances of the remaining schedule to get to those four or five wins. Arkansas was obviously not a must win, but one of those wins that you were hoping to count on. But Auburn feels that way too. I think looking at Auburn compared to Arkansas and what we've seen through four weeks, Arkansas is a better football team. Yeah, so I, I went back, and what I did was I looked at the history of, of Ole Miss up in Arkansas, and it's stunning of how, how many eggs we it's played. It's a there. nightmare, man. I mean, it is unbelievable. So, I, like, I'm hoping that just has something to do with maybe just Ole Miss has uh, – they're cursed because, I mean, there was – I think there was a year we lost 30 to nothing under freeze up there, if, if I'm correct, yep. yeah, that, that I saw today. So, and, and we ended up winning, you know, quite a few games that year. So I'm, I'm hoping that was just a, a Arkansas moment. And we, we bounced back this week. I can, yeah, I, I would say our Arkansas and Auburn are very similar, um, similar teams. So, I, I mean, we, we got just as good as chance, um, assuming they don't run Arkansas's defense as weak as, as any week. Ben Mintz who's coming up on the modern women phone line. He's going to be representing Ole Miss at Barstool Sports. Moving to New York, my good buddy. I'm excited for him. He brought up a good point, too. It is a pretty regular thing for a team to go and give everything and pour everything into the Alabama game and then come out the next week, much as they try to avoid it, and stink up the joint. Yeah, I, I, I've definitely I've dealt with that before, too. I mean, um, I mean, you look you look at the year, I think it was 08. I mean, we beat Florida, and then we came back and lost two in a row to – I was like Vandy in South Carolina or something yep. like that. So, so yeah, it's it's a thing, man. I mean, especially when you put so much stock into one game and you try to get back out for the next week, you would like to not see that happen. But with with all history going up to Arkansas and how it's how Ole Miss has just basically laid eggs up there numerous times, um, it, it's set up for the perfect storm. Let's I mean, let's bounce back this week, man. I mean, I, it, honestly, if we come out and whoop Auburn's ass this week, no one will remember the Arkansas. I mean, no one will even think about the Arkansas game because then. Hopefully Vandy has at least 30 players and then, you know, we can give it to them too. And we look up and we can be three and three and um, with, with a fighting chance to finish out strong. Oh, can you believe it? Almost to the halfway mark of this season. It feels like it's been going on so much longer though. It just feels like a very strange time. They haven't played many games, but it feels like they've been playing forever. I know, but you got to think, man, when you're playing 10 SEC games, it almost feels like this, this wild, like, that's true. Like, like gauntlet playoffs there. No game is just, I mean, you don't have those weeks, those unforgettable weeks when, okay, Ole Miss is playing UT Martin this week. Like, no one gives a shit about those games. I understand the small schools need those games. Cool. But every week, it feels like it almost feels like NFL this year, kind of in college, because every week you're playing a really good opponent and there's very few, you know, off weeks. So the, every game's very intriguing and every game takes a lot out of you. So, yeah, it does. It feels long so far. Do you like it more? I do. I, I personally do because I, I don't I don't really care. I mean, I, I think it honestly, I wish I wish this is how it was. I mean, it, it, it would really, um, you know, it'd be good for the SEC. But, you know, trying to be unselfish and think about all other schools and all the other small schools. Obviously, those schools need these games. And it's just it's just a, it's just a necessary it's something necessary in college that needs to happen, you know, to help out these smaller schools. But 
but I mean, it, it is cool to see 10 sec games and every, every game kind of means something. And, um, you know, every, every game, I, I like it. I personally like it. I wish, I wish we would do this. I could do a whole podcast on unforgivable losses for Ole Miss football. That Vanderbilt loss after Florida, that's up there. Yeah, that was bad. I, did, I think we had a bad fumble there going into the end zone or something. If I remember, it was either South Carolina or Vandy, one of those games. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, it was Vanderbilt. Turnovers. Yeah, was it? Yeah, that's right. Because remember, um, Perey scored a touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and y'all still lost. This Vanderbilt team wasn't even any good. Didn't we lose to Memphis that year too, though? Or something crazy? Okay, I'm going to look it up now. Maybe. Ole Miss 2008. No, no, no. We beat Memphis beginning of the year. No, yeah, we yeah we 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 definitely beat Memphis yeah. Bay that year. Y'all are nine and four, finished fourteenth in the country. Beat well, we started out three and four, three and four, I think. Beat Memphis forty-one to twenty-four. Lost to Wake Forest because Kendrick Lewis couldn't make the sack. Um, Sanford beat them thirty-four to ten. That was uninspiring. Oh my God, y'all lost to Vanderbilt before going to Florida. No, who do we, who do we lose to after we lost to South Carolina and somebody else? Didn't we? Right we, back to back. So here we go. Go to Florida and win. Lost to South Carolina, thirty-one to twenty-four. Lost to Alabama, twenty-four to twenty. Then you beat Arkansas. You went out. Yeah, that's what it was. We lost. We lost two in a row after that. But I think now I've talked about this before with other two thousand eight-ish players, and you, you and I have talked about it. Kentrell Lockett talked about it. Jarrell Poe. We've we talked about all this. But that trip to Arkansas, Houston Nuts return to Fayetteville. That's where y'all had to learn how to win, and teams have to learn how to win. And Ole Miss is in a similar place now under Lane Kiffin. Maybe it's the Auburn game. But it's corny, it sounds cheesy, it sounds cliche, but it's true. You can be a good offensive team like an Ole Miss this year, or you can be a super talented roster like y'all were. But in, when you get so accustomed to losing, you go in with the expectation of losing. So when things start to go bad, you expect it to stay bad, and you can't stop the bleeding, like we talked about on Overreaction Monday. Matt Crow couldn't stop the bleeding. And a lot of that has to do with Lack of success for Ole Miss the last couple of years. All of these players, they haven't experienced it. So once they face the adversity in the game, they don't know how to respond necessarily. And that's where the growth comes from. The reason why Ole Miss under Houston Nutt, and he was a disaster of a head coach, but in those first two years, he had Ordron's talent, back-to-back, nine-win seasons, took y'all to Cotton Bowls. The reason why is because of that win in Fayetteville, because Fayetteville has always been a house of horrors for Ole Miss, but y'all learned how to win the game, to make a winning play or winning plays to get over that hump. And I think this Ole Miss team is dealing with that a little bit. Because last week, despite everything, they still had the ball with the opportunity to go down and win the game. This week, if it's close, this could be that game for them. And if you beat Auburn this week because you overcome adversity and you find a way to win... Well, then we're back on track to where we were before Arkansas, where you were saying they could contend for the West outside of Alabama, who's better than everybody. They had a chance against everybody left on their schedule. You can go back to that if against Auburn they can get over that hump as far as responding like they've never responded before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely – that's a huge thing with a football team is, is, is winning a couple of close ones at the end and um, you know, you're learning how to finish out a game. So my, my rookie year with the Colts, we went so the Colts went two and fourteen the year before, and we ended up with with a bunch of rookies. We had Vic Ballard at running back, Andrew Luck at, at quarterback. We won. We went eleven and five regular season, and we won I think ten games by less than a touchdown. And we're losing them all at some, at one point in the fourth quarter. So 
once we figured out how to win, I mean that that propelled the Colts to three or four years after that of of winning winning ball games. So yeah, that's that's a huge thing, um, you know, going forward. So we, I hope. I mean, sir, I thought the Kentucky game was was huge. That was kind of one of those ones where we found a way to win, even though the kicker missed it. But it would be nice to come out this week, and if we had a close one, you know. You pull it off a win. So we're going to need some of those to build some confidence in these guys. You're right. A lot of these guys have never been on a winning team, and and this is just the norm for them. And that that needs to be taken out real quick. Score prediction. Um, I got Ole Miss's offense coming back on track. I'm going to go. I'm going to go very similar to the Kentucky game. I think um, I'm going to go 42 to 35 Ole Miss. I'll go with it too. 42 35. I'll ride with you. I think they bounce back. I think they beat Auburn. I think this is the game that turns it around. Not to say that they're going to win out like y'all did in 2008, but I think they get back on track as far as the optimism that you had for them before they completely face-planted at Arkansas. Yeah, and I agree. Listen, and when I said they can contend in the West, think about this. Alabama game, 10 minutes to go in the game, we're tied with the number one team in the country, and they are the number one team in the country. Clemson plays nobody. They're the number one team in the country. They're in the SEC. And then – Arkansas game, we had the ball with three minutes and something to go, down six points, a chest to win. That, that's contending in both those games. So not not to say we can win them, but every game is going to be sim- similar to that. Even though Alabama was so good, we were competing with them. So it's just a matter of when this team's going to st- you know figure out how to step up in the fourth quarter and win a damn football game. But they got enough to pull some of these games off. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. We're about to go to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Ben Mintz. He's about to head off to New York for Barstool Sports. He's going to be your Ole Miss representative. And once you listen to him, you're going to love Ben. He's a big old bumbling ball of energy. Ton of fun. But before we do it, got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, man. Hotty toddy. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Before we jump to Ben, let me tell you about BNA Bank and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Celebrate! Ole Miss football, it's here. We made it. We made it. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your Ole Miss car flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play, can you believe it, in style. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered, and no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with a delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like, simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork, review it with you on the phone, and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. 
That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at allensamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. Socially distanced, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to my buddy. It's Ben Mintz. This is a funny story, man. So Ben is a big-time Ole Miss guy, big-time Ole Miss fan. Played poker in Shreveport for a living for a little bit. Got on the radio up there because he was a huge gambling and fantasy guy. Then he gets hooked up with T-Bob Bear. Played at LSU. Does radio back in Baton Rouge. Started doing radio hits on Baton Rouge ESPN Radio. Then he's watching the Ole Miss-Kentucky game with one of those Baton Rouge radio producers when Ole Miss went to Kentucky, won in overtime, missed extra point for Kentucky. Ole Miss squeaks it out. It's only win so far in 2020. Producer takes a video of Ben, and Ben is going absolutely insane, screaming at his television. That gets tweeted out. It goes viral. And then, boom, my buddy Ben Mintz. He's hired at Barstool, and now he's headed to New York. Hey, buddy, what's up? Man, I, you just told a story that I'm never going to believe for the rest of my life, but I do know this. I'm going up there, and I'm going to rock it. Uh, just getting very, very excited, moving to New York City, where I've spent one night. In my entire life, moving up there next Thursday, uh, very, very excited. But before I head to New York, we got to make one last trip to Oxford, Mississippi. I'm on the road right now, headed up there for Ole Miss Auburn, and uh, thrilled to be on the modern on the phone line with you, big fan of the Talk of Champions. It's so funny because immediately when I throw it to you, you come in so hot, Ben. It's always so hot. The energy is always ramped up, man. If it's a 1 to 10 scale, you're always at an 11. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, right now, more so than ever, I just it's been such a crazy year. I got let go doing sports radio in Bossier and Shreveport as COVID hit, and I actually moved back to Oxford, and I just played online poker for three months in Oxford, uh, just chilling out. And then I got the ESPN Baton Rouge job in late June, and I was the only non-LSU graduate to be a sports radio host for ESPN Baton Rouge, which I thought was an unbelievable accomplishment. And then this video, the story of this video, uh, basically I was just going nuts because I'm a fiery guy after the game, and uh, Playboy Marty, my producer, just was like, oh, this will be funny just to film for our radio content. And he tweeted out, like, somebody's excited about Lane Kiffin's first SEC win. And uh, Saturday night, it got some run. And then Sunday morning, I'm on my way to Natchez to do my ESPN Baton Rouge Sunday show, which I do with Rohan Davey, the former great LSU quarterback, Jimmy Hunt. And my phone goes off like a nuclear bomb at 9 a.m. And I, I see, you know, Dave Portnoy, Prez, said SEC football just hits different. Then I look down on my phone, and it says Dave Portnoy follows me. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, something wild's going on. And then 10 minutes before we go on the air – from uh, Magnolia Bluff Sportsbook in Natchez, I look down at my DMs and it's from Prez saying, I want to hire you to come work for me for Barstool Sports in New York City. And I just jumped out of my chair and said, this cannot possibly be real. 
but uh was very excited and then i had two phone calls to prez the first one on a monday uh afternoon i was out by the mississippi river in natchez and he calls me and i said hello and the first thing prez says to me is your voice sounds exactly how i hoped it would and then he said i hadn't got everything right in life but i've been good about finding talent and you're my god i was just man i was floored and uh now just getting ready to move up to new york and you know, just super excited about it. And uh, I love Oxford, love Ole Miss. You know, I came back to school when I was 31 to finish and, you know, lived in Oxford for 10 years. It's more my home than anywhere. And, you know, I really look forward to trying to be a positive representative of the great things that Oxford and Ole Miss have going. Ben Mintz at Ben Mintz 531. You're going to have to change that to what, like Ben Mintz Barstool? Well, I'm thinking, so everybody in Baton Rouge, and uh, a lot of people call me Mincy now. I'm, I'm leaning to Barstool Mincy. Uh, that's kind of what everybody's been calling me in the South for a while now. And I, I think that that's, you know, I'm not. I'm going to let it happen organically. I don't want to go in there and be like, hey, this is what y'all have to call me. But I think Barstool Mincy's got a nice ring to it. Well, for some Ole Miss fans, this will be their first introduction to you. This podcast, before you go to Barstool, and get that bigger platform like Brandon Walker did for Mississippi State. You'll be representing Ole Miss on that stage. So for those people who might not know Ben Mintz, how would you best describe yourself? Well, my big thing, I'm a super big. I just love being alive. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say these days, but I'm a super high positive energy guy. And it's interesting because I did sports radio. In Shreve- I was drive time for four years in Shreveport, Louisiana, and then I worked for ESPN Baton Rouge, and I'm a little bit of a mutt, to be honest. My family has a farm in the Mississippi Delta on Lake Washington, kind of by Greenville. And my mom went to Ole Miss Law School. My sister was a KD at Ole Miss. She was actually the president. And then, uh, but, but you know, I'm from Monroe, Louisiana, and I have a lot of Louisiana ties, too. So my name is actually way more out there in Louisiana sports radio because I worked in Shreveport and Baton Rouge uh, than it is in Mississippi. But I have deep Oxford ties. I worked at Proud Larry's, very close to Scott Carradine, and uh, real close to the whole city grocery crew. I'm a member of the left field tailgate at Swayze Field, uh, the city grocery one, right on the left center field flagpole. Uh, I try to make it back to Swayze at least a few times a year. And uh, I don't know, I just really love Oxford and Ole Miss, and I have a great story with it. So I, I'm, I'm 37, and uh, I was in Ole Miss all three of Eli's years. I was basically living in Oxford from fall of 01, to 2009 but i was a professional poker player from 2006 to 14 and so my last few years in oxford i kind of wasn't i was kind of not really doing that much in school and i was traveling for poker and playing online and what was a big experience in my life was uh, i came back to Ole miss at 31 years old in may of 2014 when uh, i'd I'd been living in new orleans and i had a successful poker career but i was kind of like we all get in life for us i knew it time to change it up and uh, my good friend Elliot Willard is number two bartender at City Grocery still he calls me on the phone in May of 14 and he was back at Ole Miss to finish him when he was 30 and he said you've been talking about coming back to Ole Miss and Oxford to finish your degree for five years basically I think you're full of crap I got a house right by the square right across the James Booth Center he goes it's put up or shut up time I got this figured out if you're ever going to do it do it now and uh, I did it and I came back in uh, May of 2014, I got my degree. In May of 15, got to come back for the old, both Ole Miss family wins and the freeze era. And uh, right after Ole Miss was when I fell into the Shreveport Sports Radio job. And, you know, it's kind of been a big whirlwind since. But 
I'm very, very grateful, and it, it's just crazy. I started on a 1,000-watt station in Bossier City, Louisiana, four and a half years ago, and now I'm going to work for Barstool Sports in New York. It's uh, surreal. But it's so perfect because you're such a good dude. You're so uh, positive all the time. You and I have got a lot of mutual friends, Stephen Godfrey being one of them. And all of us are happy for you, man. And one thing that um, sticks out to me about this for you is that not only do people get to discover Ben Mintz, but also you get to analyze Ole Miss from the perspective of a national place that, look, all of us, we have to do our best to be objective. You don't have to be. So you just get to be fan Ben Mintz on the biggest stage possible for you. So for you, that's a dream come true, I know. Look, Ole, it doesn't take a rocket science to know, man. Ole Miss fans and the school's taken a beating the last five to seven years, the NCAA purgatory. And right now, it's just such a, you know, we're, the sun's finally shining on the Rebels again. Obviously, the Lane Kiffin hire's been super exciting. Love the brand of football we're playing. I love Kermit. I think Kermit's a phenomenal basketball coach. Bianco and the baseball program continuing to roll. I mean, I think it's a great time to be an Ole Miss fan. I love all three coaching staff. I uh, love the facilities. And I think, uh, you know, if we get through this COVID thing, I think it's about to be a great time to be an Ole Miss Rebel fan the next three to five years. And, you know, I think we got a lot to be proud of. And, you know, after all the negativity we've dealt with going back with the NCAA stuff, you know, I think it's time to, to you know, bring the pride back to the fan base. We've got a lot to love with Oxford Ole Miss. And, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to be a great representation of it. And can't – got to mention – me and a big part of me getting hired is Brandon Walker, uh, who's who's a consummate Mississippi State fan that hates Ole Miss and real negative. And uh, I, I, we're we're, go, we're we're gonna be battling real real hard, and I look forward to it. That was gonna be my next question when you walk into the office for the first time. And I can't believe you've only been to New York for one night. New York is one of my favorite places in the world. But when you walk into the office for the first time, and Brandon Walker's there to meet you, he's gonna want to basically do the put out the hand and pull it back kind of stunt on you. Knowing you, you're probably just going to bear hug him and then go after him. Well, you know, we've been dealing, obviously you've dealt with it forever, just the egg bowl and the Ole Miss State rivalry. And, man, that Mississippi State side, I mean, I'm surprised nobody's ever called them Mississippi hate because the hate they have in their hearts, they're the most hateful fan base. And uh, I just feel bad for them, man. It must be a tough burden to carry to just spend your entire life obsessing over your rival. I mean, it just it's it's ridiculous. And, you know, I just I know that he's not gonna like uh, you know me 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 pointing that out regularly. That just uh, it's got to be hard to go around Earth just carrying that kind of burden. You know, there's so much to be thankful for in life, and just to to live with that kind of negativity running your life has got to be I don't know. It's got to be an awful hard burden to carry, and I look forward to going edit with Walker, and you know he can he I don't he's gonna be a pretty easy target. He, he's a pretty negative guy. You tell Brandon that Ben said hello. Right when you get there, Ben Garrett, he he sends oh, his I, best wishes. Oh, I, I definitely, I definitely will. And man, they've got a pretty big. Uh, the thing that's cool about this Barstool, not just me get hired, I'm getting a big role. I'm going to be all over the Barstool College Football Saturday Show, the Football Gambling Show on Sunday. They're very invested in the sports gambling because Penn Gaming partnered up with them, and Penn Gaming owns a lot of casinos in Mississippi, including the Ameristar in Vicksburg, and some on the coast. And then they also. Uh, own LaBerge and Baton Rouge and Lake Charles. And with the sports gambling becoming big, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with that because I have that in my background. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, I just think it's a great fit. I mean, I'm going to be talking a lot of football, sports gambling, a lot of SEC Ole Miss. I'm a big, I lived in New Orleans from 09 to 14. I'm a big Saints and Pelicans fan. And uh, Barstool is all about different 
content, you know, a non-football season. I'm looking to expand this thing into New Orleans, you know, covering Mardi Gras, and Jazz Fest, the design here of Hells, Saints, the food, the music, you know, because they hadn't really put up, they haven't really done a whole lot with New Orleans yet. And then also, you know, I still play, I got 75th in the World Series of Poker main event in 2011. I had a great poker career, and, you know, now I'm still going to play on the side, and I'm going to be able to, you know, take Barstool with me on the road for the content. And so, man, I, I just think this is an awesome fit across the board, and uh, I feel just very, very grateful and blessed to have this opportunity. It's so funny because you and I are very much um, of the same age, and we come from that place in the early 2000s to mid-late 2000s when the World Series of Poker became so big and everybody was watching it on TV. When everybody was wanting to go play Texas Hold'em online or we're wanting to go play Texas Hold'em on TV on national television and be a professional poker player. But you made it happen, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I was a pro. Like, the funny story is I was playing online poker like a, any broke college kid in Oxford, playing 5 and $10 games. I started out playing $5 games at the ATO Brad House in 03. I'd go play at the Horseshoe in Tunica, you know, only an hour from Oxford. And one night I'm playing a $22 tournament on party poker. And, man, I'd only played a few tournaments before, and I'm playing. There's 2,400 people in it, and I'm playing at my buddy's house in North 14th, Stroud Square. And, man, I just win this tournament for 10 grand out of nowhere. I had, like, 200 bucks in my name, and I win $10,000. And I remember uh, I was just like, man, I got to give this a try. You know, I thought I was a millionaire at the time when I was 23 years old. But uh, I ended up making a good career out of it. I, I made the final table of the World Series of Poker New Orleans main event twice. I've made uh, two deep runs in the World Series main event, and, when the government outlawed online poker in 2011, what was called Black Friday in the poker world, I just cracked the top 200 uh, in the online tournament rankings. And so I, I definitely had a, a solid, solid poker career. But, you know, as you get in your 30s, Ben, as I'm sure you know, the age of process <laughs> being a family man, just the uh, – no, no, but, like, the poker thing in my mid to late 20s was, like, the fun roller coaster. Yeah. It's a lot more fun now on the side when I can just do it and have fun. And if I lose – you know, I still have a job and my bills are paid and I don't have the stress. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, they always call it, it's a hard way to make an easy living. And I think that's a very true statement. Yeah. These days, if I go play with my friends and we do this every once in a while, like once a month and we're all adults now, we all got kids and stuff. If I like lose my $100 buy-in, I felt like I've lost an arm because now I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> there went groceries for a week. Yeah. These days, you can't really enjoy poker anymore, but you get to, and it's awesome. So you look at the Auburn Ole Miss line. Auburn's minus 154 to win outright. Ole Miss is plus 130 to win outright. So if you were telling people, Ole Miss fans, right now where to put their money, knowing what you saw last week against Arkansas, what are you telling them? We'll get right back to my buddy Ben Mintz. Now of Barstool Sports on the Modern Woodman phone line after I tell you briefly about Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. 
I like the Rebels this week, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, man, this has been a thing I've been following for years. I, I'd honestly, to be transparent, I'm like late 30s. I've been betting on football for over 20 years. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a survivor. Nobody crushes it, but I, I know more than most is how I describe it. I wouldn't say I could do it for a living, but I, I'm very educated. And then the week after you play Alabama, I always bet against teams the week after they play play Bama because it's so physical and you put so much into that Alabama game that it's let down city the week after Bama and that's not just an old Miss problem that's a problem that's been going on the whole saving here at Bama it's just they play such a physical brand of football and teams put so much into their preparation for Bama that week after you see a lot of rough performances and that's not like I said that's not just an old Miss thing and I like Ole Miss this week in a bounce back spot they lost the game they thought they should have won you know, this is kind of a rally the troops week at home, home underdog situation. Uh, you know, I know that the depth is a little bit of an issue and they're fighting some COVID issues, but I still like Ole Miss's chances on Saturday at 11 a.m. And another reason, I think Bo Nix sucks at football. And people make more excuses for him. You know, I know he was a true freshman last year. I've seen no growth from him from his true freshman year to his sophomore year. He's indecisive with the football. He turns the ball over. He's not accurate. And I think people want him to be better than he is, maybe because he's Patrick Nix's kid, he's an Auburn legacy or whatever. But, man, I, I'm just not impressed. And Auburn's defensive line was so loaded last year, led by Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson. I, I don't think they're near that same level this year. So I think it's going to be a heck of a game. But I'm feeling pretty good about the Rebels on Saturday, to be honest. Auburn's a three-point favorite. The over-under set at 71. Where do you lay your money? Man, uh, it's hard to bet unders in these Ole Miss games this year. Obviously, flew way under uh, last week. I think this one's going to get pretty wild because, you know, I, I think Lane Kiffin and Jeff Libby and the offense are going to make some adjustments. Matt Corral threw the same interception about three or four times last week, which is a little disconcerting. But, I mean, it seems like it's something that it could be an e easy, quick fix. I think this game's going to get pretty wild, and I, I like Ole Miss. I'm going to say Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss 41-34 sounds about right to me. Okay, so now that you've seen Lane Kiffin through four games, what's the general impression for you? I mean, what's not to love? I just love the tempo on offense. It's phenomenal. It just One thing about Ole Miss, too, you've been covering it a long time. I think Ole Miss is best when we're a wild, fun underdog. You know, anytime there's expectations for Ole Miss to do well, historically not the best, but Man, when Ole Miss is like a real feisty underdog that's explosive, like what we saw at the beginning of the freeze era and we're seeing now, I think that's kind of one of the best versions of Ole Miss. And, you know, obviously on the defensive side right now, the junior and senior class is, you know, very uh, hurt by the NCAA sanctions. And it's, it's very tough for this defense because the tempo of the offense is so much. We're getting gassed out. But when you look at recruiting in the future, I mean, these kids, look at the exciting brand of football we're playing. If you're a three-star recruit, Man, you can get on the field as a true freshman and play for a you know, fun school in the SEC. I got to think what we've seen so far this season is going to help recruiting. And, man, I don't see how you wouldn't want to come play for this offense. Uh, you know, you look at the Ole Miss wide receiver tradition the last few years, the tempo and the speed and the talent. I mean, I, I just feel like the program is pointed, the arrow is pointed way, way up. And a lot of it just has to do with the exciting uh, brand of football we're playing. How many wins is successful for Lane Kiffin? Four and six was what I said before the year, and I'll stand by it because, you know, you looked at before the season, and obviously we know now that some of these games that looked unwinnable, like this Auburn one, uh, Ole Miss has a good shot. But, you know, I, I, I think four and six, but winning the Egg Bowl is super important. You know, I think four and six, but winning the Egg Bowl, 
I would consider a successful year one. Kind of reminds me in a way a little bit of the 2012 season when Freeze took over and Ole Miss went six and six and won the Egg Bowl and, uh, you know, kind of had low expectations and a roster that was super depleted coming out of the nut thing. But it was like a fun six and six with low expectations and built momentum in the program. And this season feels a little similar to that in a way. Well, since you're from Louisiana, what do you make of LSU self-imposing penalties for football and also banning Odell Beckham Jr. from facilities for two years? Well, I, I thought the Odell Beckham thing was pretty funny. I mean, he was—he I mean, ran in the locker room after the national championship throwing $100 bills at everybody. I mean, I, I know you can get away with some stuff, but you can't do it that much in the open. I mean, that's uh, that was a little brazen by Odell, so I can't fault him for that. What's interesting in Baton Rouge is being on the pulse of that thing, working for ESPN Baton Rouge is, man, I tell you what, how much has football changed the last 15 years? And, you know, Bo Pelini might have been a really good defensive coordinator back in 2005 or 2007 when they won the title. But, man, he just does not look uh, updated for the modern spread offenses. And, you know, he's been at Youngstown State the last few years. And, you know, he did all right at Nebraska before. But kind of just feels like he, he's a little outdated right now. And that defense is a complete mess there you know, allowing busted coverages everywhere. And now that Miles Brennan uh, could be out for a significant amount of time with the abdomen injury, I mean, this is like the 2008 LSU team when they had Jarrett Lee out there throwing all the pick sixes and Ole Miss smashed them in, in Tiger Stadium. I mean, I think this LSU season just had it way off the rails. They'll be lucky to win five games at this point. Before you go to Barstool and you do super positive Ben Mint stuff, what's your number one We Are Ole Miss moment? Oh, man. I mean, the Hunter Henry – thing in 2015 I'll just never that that uh, and you know last week playing Arkansas just the, the whole Ole Miss Arkansas series going back to my freshman year when they lost when Ole Miss lost in seven overtimes that thing's just a house of horrors that never ends especially when the games are in Fayetteville but the Hunter Henry fourth and 25 you know over the shoulder flip that Alex Collins you know somehow catches and has a wall of 350 pound Arkansas guys going down that sideline and then and then Ole Miss to stop the two-point conversion and get to Marcus Gates and face mask. You know, because that Ole Miss team was legitimately heading for an SEC championship that year. It already had the tiebreaker over Alabama. The East team looked weak coming out of the East. Uh, I think that was the, the number one we are Ole Miss pain one, just because, just because I really thought that 15 team was headed for an SEC championship to lose that way. Yeah, nothing will ever top fourth and 25 for me ever again. It's ended a lot of things for me. Like, for example, the Braves going up 3-1, losing three straight. Cowboys haven't gotten past the divisional round in 26 years. Any team that I've either covered or rooted for, if they don't face plant, I will be pleasantly surprised because I'm numb to the pain. <laughs> I totally understand that. I, I, I kind of had a moment. I went to the Super Bowl in 2010 when the Saints beat the Colts. But I had a oh, I did too. Right after, you went too? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I, swore to, I swore to myself after that game. I said, I got to see this in my lifetime. I'm not going to complain about anything Saints-related going forward, even with the Saints-Rams NFC title game, because like I, I had my Nirvana moment uh, as a sports fan. One other Ole Miss moment, that, with this being the Auburn game, we have to mention the 2014 Ole Miss-Auburn when Treadwell's leg got snapped as he was running in the end zone to yeah. take the lead with a minute left when it was number three Auburn, number four Ole Miss. And I'll say this. I didn't ever really have, like, huge dislike toward Auburn until that game when that Opelika-Auburn newspaper on the front page the next day posted Treadwell snapping his leg. And since then, it's been on for Auburn. I'm ready for the refs to get after him this weekend. I thought that was one of the most classless moves I've ever seen. The electric chair with you and Brandon Walker is going to be absolutely insane. 
<laughs> I think so, man. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I, I think my personality is a complete 180 to his. So I think that that's going to, you know, going to work. And uh, by the way, so the egg bowl, we've got a bet where the winner gets to throw six eggs outside in the New York freezing cold at the loser. Oh, God. Uh, you never know in those rivalry games, man. Anything can happen. It'll be so cold, Ben. You better hope to God Ole Miss wins. But regardless, go to John of Bleecker Street, get you a piece of pizza right when you get there, and absolutely lean into every mince pun that you can, like mincing words, whatever it might be for your own podcast. <laughs> Enjoy it up there because this is an awesome thing for you. I know Ole Miss fans are going to love seeing you up there and all your friends back home. We're thrilled for you too, man. So congrats, best of luck up there, and let's catch up soon. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I'm a big, like, just before even coming on here was great. But, I mean, I'm a big fan of what y'all do with uh, Spirit. And I love the Talk of Champions podcast. I mean, I'm a listener, so I'm just thrilled to be involved with it. And I'm here to represent everyone in as positive a way uh, as I can. And so, you know, I just really appreciate all the support. I'm going to be in Oxford all the way till Monday. I'm going, going to Ole Miss Auburn. And uh, look for some fun one-minute videos coming on Friday from Oxford Landmarks around town. We're gonna, I'm going to try to get this thing uh, headed the positive direction here before I head to New York next week. He's Ben Mintz at Ben Mintz 531 on Twitter, formerly of uh, 1045 ESPN, game time 1045, now going to Barstool. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you very much, Ben. Y'all take it easy. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.